Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. This is Devin Leary. So I know everyone's been on the edge of their seats probably all week, probably wondering how did Carolina's date go? She did go on a date with a hinge standout. What's that like to go on a date with a minor celebrity? Um, My date was uneventful. I took a cue out of Devin's book. And I went for ice cream, which could not have been smarter. I do not understand. I I would not be able to survive on a dinner with this man. This man showed up looking so scared. It was as if I brought a gun to the date. Like it was, I was, if I was holding a gun to him, he, I approached him. He did not open his arms in a hug. He just stood there and said, hi. That was sort of the tone that was set for our date. Um, It was so stilted, so awkward. It suddenly filled me with confidence because I was like, I actually like for someone who has been on zero dates in the past. Oof, we're going to say four years. um, I was actually the one who was kind of like, you know what? I'm going to be more relaxed than you are, clearly. And I was kind of relaxed and talking about myself and feeling myself. And I he looked extremely uncomfortable to the point where we were just guessing at things to talk about. Like, Oh, right. So you said you lived with your sister. All right. So um, you said you're from Seattle and it was just so uncomfortable is the word. And, but the whole time I was just thrilled that I was on a date and I like, I had my new year's resolutions this year and there were all of them were like pretty uh, high, like setting high bars for myself, except for, I said, go on one date, like just go on one date. And I was so thrilled that I just went on the date and I didn't have to talk about my car accident. I didn't have to talk about my trauma. I could just go on a normal date and it could be a dud and I could survive from that. And 
I was talking to my therapist about it and she was like, cause I was talking about how dating kind of feels like obligatory right now. Like I'm not like, Oh my God, I met with the cutest guy. What if he's the one? Like, it's more like I'm talking to this guy. He seems fine. The conversation is about TV shows. I don't really want to have a conversation over text with a stranger about watching severance, but here I am. And she was like, that's actually kind of a good place to be at with dating because you, you can have a date that's a dud and you can't leave yeah. like on the floor. But, um, that is how my date went i'm talking to other people on hinge it's a little nerve-wracking um nerve-wracking is the wrong word it's a little annoying i don't want to be talking to strangers on the internet who i'm not sure if i'll be attracted to in person Mm -hmm. but yet here i am here you are you did it i think it's good to just get in the practice of it too like and then it just like truly i am so much more comfortable on first dates now because i've just been on so many like it just becomes more like second nature ish, I guess. Um, totally. So I, I feel like just keep doing it and eventually it could work out and you could meet someone and then you like them and then it's going really well and everything's perfect. And you think, wow, like when is the other shoe going to drop? And then you go on a trip and it's the first time you guys have really been apart. And then, he falls asleep without telling you that and you think that all is lost. Yeah. Devin recently did not receive a text back after sending an outfit pic and um, almost that was, was a trial and tribulation. You know, you need to go if you want details on that story, go to for the drama dot the number for the drama dot But I will say I haven't deleted the apps yet because I'm not naive. I'm smart and I get, but I don't really check them anymore. So I forgot about this. I do want to read this because it's just like, I have compassion for men. I know that like masculinity is really hard and like men don't have friends to talk to and stuff, but like this kind of behavior is so incredible to me. So I, I was Checking my message requests, actually, just in case anyone associated with uh, the person I have a crush on who wasn't responding to me, in case any of them just thought of me and thought to like message me and let me know what he's up to. Normal, so that's normal, normal. My, normal. So I was in my message requests. Um, you know, maybe one of the, one of his friends I I met loosely would you know they're at the hospital like something awful happened they're like who was that girl that that beautiful girl the with the red hair and anyone remember her she's just like a vision in our minds now but we have to tell her what's going on with him um okay so i check my message request and i see a message (laughs) from some guy i won't name him He says, messaged you on Raya, but maybe this is better. I'm coming into the city tonight for a meeting. Done by 8.30. Want to grab a late dinner or drinks? P.S. And then puts his phone number. So I'm like, all right. Just first of all, like I'm coming into the city. Like, where do you live? And also like it just the the message was so familiar. Like it was like so um like hey i'm coming in like let's meet up after but then like p.s here's my phone number because we've never spoken and never met then the next thing under that is i had posted a thing that i'm in seattle and he responded with a frown face emoji i'm like okay so i go to raya find this guy his first message to me weeks ago was nothing before this and by the way i have nothing in my bio on raya like there's nothing there's no thing to respond to 
He goes, if it's any consolation, I was born with red hair, too. Done. Goodbye. Presuming, like, that means, like, you have any shame about having red hair. It's so weird. That is so weird. The next message is P.S. This guy loves P.S., by the way. (laughs) The next message is P.S. I'll be in the city Thursday night if you'd like to get together. Then a few days later, PPS, we can get a late dinner downtown at like nine if that works for you. Or we hang out with your cats. I'm down for either. Let me know sooner or later, because if I don't end up with any plans, I might just take a late train back to D.C. versus staying until Friday. P.S. Phone number. (laughs) Oh, so So this reminds me of like the worst. This actually is I, I. I have sympathy for this man. The redhead comment kind of bothers me, but I have sympathy for his desperation. I really do. Like I have been in places where I I wish I could take back screenshots of a notes app because I blocked him on Instagram of me texting a guy being like, I really like you. I'd really like to hang out soon. That is really desperate. That's crazy behavior. And we've all been there when we feel like this is someone who I need to meet. I've only double texted someone on Riot once and it was a musician um, that I felt like I like need to be with you. You're so hot. Um And even that felt like, oh, fuck, when I texted him like, hi, I love this album, the one that he had in his story or on his profile. And then I followed up literally like a month later being like, let me know when you're in L.A., question mark. But even that was less than me being like, even that was minor compared to the female version of that, which is like, I am at 1146. Lucille Avenue in Los Angeles, California. (laughs) Please contact me and let me know when you get into a cab after you land at LAX. It will cost approximately $60 to get to my house. I will pay. If you don't let me know, I will have to change my entire plans. It's like, that's the thing that really got me is like, first of all, like, I don't need to know your plans if I don't know you. Like, it's the same thing as like, if I'm walking down the street and someone passes me with a suitcase, I don't need to know where they're going. Like, that's the equivalent of how well I know this man. And he's like, so, P.S., if you don't let me know soon, like, I'll be going to Washington, D.C. It's like, I don't. OK, I don't know you. I don't know why you would go there. Like, who are you? The president of the goddamn United States? You might as well be because to me, you're no one. But it's really. Um, but yeah, I, I I think but it's different than what you're saying, like. I mean, I've sent multiple DMs to Vinny Guadagnino from Jersey sure. Shore and he doesn't respond. Like, it's one thing to, like, send a few cute third flirty things or, like, to send one thing. Like, I've had people will message, like, something flirty and then the next message is, like, do you actually want to, like, hang out? And that's fine. But, like, to send multiple things that are, like, hey, P.S., I found you on a different platform because I needed to get in touch with you because P.P.S., I have to go to Washington, D.C. and P.P.S., can we get dinner at 9 p.m.? I have a business meeting. It's like, um, are you having a mental breakdown? Are you about to be diagnosed with something you didn't know you had that explains a lot? You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the vibe. But um, anyway, I blocked him. And that was just an interesting... That was an interesting recall into the world of dating. Yeah. And I don't think you should let it distract you or di- I don't think you should let it deter you <laughs> or distract me. Um, speaking of love and dating, we have dived, dove in, dipped our toes Dovin. in. 
Okay. To the new season. No, it's not of- COVID. It's not. <laughs> Can we take that back? We sound so stupid. Actually, just keep it all in. We okay. have jumped, that's easy, into the new season of The, the Bachelor. Bachelor. She blanked. Guys, her face went blank for the new season of. You guys, I'm so like, stupid. Probably, probably 10 million things came into your head. Could be traitors, could be. Do you know uh, when you Bachelor just don't could- know how to speak? Like, sometimes I wonder if yes. I know how to speak. I was trying to use an analogy the other day that was reading the tea leaves and I was not speaking English. I just froze and like, I don't know how good I am at speaking English. I don't know how good I am either. And actually, I know it's not very good at all. And um, I think that's fine. I think that's fine. I <laughs> am we don't obsessed have to be good at that. We do have new- a job where we speak into microphones and it's broadcast but we don't have to be good at that and like that's what they don't tell you is that you don't have to be good at speaking to have a podcast you don't have to you don't have to have but any skills to be doing this and if you're listening to this and that makes you feel like empowered oh, this is a, a ripoff then you oh. have the wrong response <laughs> because PPS, you should feel empowered and inspired p.s p.p.s this could be you I want to talk about Joey. He is the bachelor. He was on charity season. He was in the last two people. He. I haven't felt turned on in a while. Like I've just felt like kind of like Barbie, like nothing's going on down there for me. Um, (laughs) And Joey has awoken me a little bit. I don't know what it is. I think that there is something authentic about him. I think there this is like a breath of fresh air. I guess the ratings are really good for the season. And someone on Twitter was like, yeah, cause you actually hired an attractive man. Like That's he is fair. so beautiful, but he also is the first. And I've unfortunately been watching a lot of seasons of the bachelor and bachelorette. He is the first lead who has really sought to get to know these people like every date he yes. has he's like can you tell me a little bit more about yourself like you mm-hmm. said you ran a nonprofit, and i really saw you light up when you talked about it i would love to hear more about that like mm-hmm. he isn't just the kind of everyone else i feel like on dates or anything was like i'm just feeling the spark with us and i really love how you're just so yourself and you just have this beautiful energy or you just are like so confident and i really love it like it's the most vague boring bullshit and yeah here he's like hey you said you had trouble getting vulnerable i'm so curious why do you think that is And it just like Mm -hmm. leads us to these actual fruitful conversations where I have watched the last, I swear to, I swear, I'm not going to swear to God. I'm not going to swear to our (laughs) Lord. Oh my God. It was so scary. I almost swear to God earlier and it was really scary. (laughs) I was so scared today. I swore to God and I do not know what to tell my parents tonight. Oh God. Oh God. Please have mercy on us. (laughs) I swear. Have mercy. I swear to no one. Wait, what was I watching? Oh, Real Housewives of Miami that Adriana said a prayer um, (laughs) when they were on the boat in uh, Mexico City. And she's like, God, please have mercy on this friend group. Some of us need more help than others. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So great. I want true romance. 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I swear I've been able to turn like off my brain when watching the past five seasons of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Like, yeah. I just don't care that like I was watching it like five years ago and being like this guy, P- Pilot Pete sucks dick. Like, I just hate All him right, so much. Let me much. say something. I agree that Pilot Pete sucks dick. <laughs> All right. God, are you listening? I do agree that Pilot Pete sucks dick. But at the same time, I also have to say that on the traders specifically, he is attractive, but only on the traders. As okay, as Parvati fair. as Parvati Shallow describes him, he is the most blue blood detective of the group, <laughs> and he is attractive in that role. All Moving right. on. Moving on. He here's the comparison between him and Joey. There was a pillow fight competition on Pilot Pete season, where as the girls fought. Pete shouted at them, how bad do you want it? Cut to 
Years later, Joey's the bachelor. And as the girls are doing push-ups for some physical challenge, Joey goes, I'll join you. He starts doing mm. push-ups too. As the girls are attempting to push tires over, he he helps them. It's like he now this, this is sounds sad as minor I'm, as I'm hearing it. I know. It's like sad to hear this out loud because it's like he does push-ups with them and therefore he's a good man. Yeah, girls, girl. Therefore I just he is. <laughs> What I am looking for is a girl's girl. Like, I would love to find someone who could hop on the mic with us, much like Kylie Kelsey does with Travis and Jason Kelsey and hops on their podcast at times. I would love to find a man who I said, you are joining this episode of the podcast to talk about arguments we get into or sex we have or how you proposed in my fantasy. Mm -hmm. He's also proposed to me. I would love someone how you're obsessed with me, how you're always saying I'm stunning and perfect, how rich you are, how you actually want to build a house for me, how you (laughs) want to take care of the kids mostly while I get to hang out and watch TV alone, how you Mm -hmm. would like to be the um, primary child care, child uh, caretaker, child take care don't know yes. how to speak english nobody ever taught me um <laughs> but joey just actually seems interested in these women he also whenever a girl cries which on this season they do i i seriously think it's because they're like shocked that a man is listening to them yes also obviously like this franchise is full of women crying and men crying but um every time a girl cries he wipes away his tear their tears with his thumb it is the hottest thing I've ever seen in my life. That is I, hot. I'm just so into it. And he always, he always says, take a breath. It's okay. I'm right here. It's okay. You're good. You're all good. And it's just like actually what you need to hear when you're panicking or you're about to cry. Yes. And yes. he actually knows how to do it. He doesn't freak out. He remains completely calm while these girls are like having meltdowns. It's so early to cry, by the way. And all the girls are doing it. That's kind of a classic. That's a classic. But I think so. I wasn't really attracted to him in charity season, as some may recall. And I felt his mom was disturbing. And by the way, I'm excited for her to return as a character. What did his mom do? She just was like one of those women who like has wind chimes and like speaks, Red black. <laughs> speaks about <laughs> speaks about inner energies and um healing and reiki but she also was like obsessed with him and like clearly attracted to him and as someone who's maybe dealt with that in the previous relationship uh mom being obsessed with and maybe attracted to their son it's tough not it's easy tough. it's not easy and and it's it's not something that makes a lot of sense and much more common than you would believe i i i think mothers and sons Dads and daughters and mothers and sons. Weird. Sinister as hell. And, you know, the thing is, like, we're human, we're human beings and human beings are mammals and mammals are part yes, of, yes, like, yes, you yes, know, yes. like what Charles Darwin would call, like, a species. And so it's we learn these community roles and we learn, like, this is typically like mom and dad raised child and don't have attraction to them. And then when you come into a situation where that gets skewed somehow, you know, dad daughter sitting on dad's lap while daughter is adult like i mom texting son 24 7 about her personal issues and uh eh, i don't know son saying something about the mom's hairstyle i just 
you know, these things, these things are tough. Yeah. Um, because it throws you, you're like, I'm, I'm just in, it throws you to that place where you're like, but I'm a mere, I'm a mere mammal and I'm trying to distinguish where is safe, when, how will I survive here? And I'm confused. That makes total sense. And I weirdly think that a lot of moms get threatened by a girlfriend's presence. Yes. Which I find cuckoo. Because wouldn't you just be like, thank God someone likes my son? The normal response. I don't have personal experience with this. I've just seen it from afar a lot of the time. Moms tend to love me. I'm the normal response I've experienced is like, thank God. Yeah. Because I think like, I think the thing with daughters, like with women, it's like most people start from a skeptical place. Like, does this person deserve you? And with men, I think people like start from a thank God place of like, wow, someone will love you? Question mark. So anyway, Joey's mom's weird, but like whatever. He's a tennis instructor. That's hot. He's tan. And let me say it's so true. None of these men have been attractive recently. Like just on The Bachelor, it's like Who Clayton the last for fuck's guy? sake. The, the Zach. Last- oh my god he looked like such a fucking nerd he looked like the kind of kid in like class who was bragging about what college he went to he totally looks like the guy who got into cornell and is like guys i'm going to an ivy league yeah he's like technically it's an ivy league a lot of people forget it's ivy um that's so him that's so him and he's like on the rowing team and like vaguely gay about it like i just (laughs) i can't so that's him. He sucks. Honestly, Matt James was the last hot bachelor we had. Matt James is really hot, but I will say Matt James was a, someone who seemed so uninterested in listening to the women. Like he was just like. He just chose who he was attracted to and doesn't care about her personality. He chose baby voice Rachel Kirkconnell. I mean, he they're still together. So like kudos to them. And they're in a longer relationship than I've ever been in. So who am I to say? Anything? So like they're in love and honestly like they're that's beautiful and we would love to go to the wedding. And we'd love to have them on the pod. Um, but he like so many girls like spilled their hearts out to him and he was like, "Wow, thank you so much for telling me that. Thank you." Yeah, he didn't know jack shit. Meanwhile, Joey is like my therapist. Joey's my therapist. I zoom with him once a week, and he is attractive. And I also will say that like. It made a lot of sense, like when when the what's Jesse the we're always like wait who's that guy who shows up as like a hologram? I actually have never (laughs) seen someone more unattractive than Jesse, the host of The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. He is like someone cut him out of cardboard. He's like you buy a lawnmower or something, and he's the model on the like cardboard of the lawnmower, and you're like who is that asexual being? No, it, you know what it reminds me of? I used to smoke cigarettes. Yeah, let that sink in. I was badass. I was hard as nails let the at record one point. show that we are not like other girls. We are sick. We are We are dark. sick in the head. We used to smoke we're cigarettes. Dark. And famously in Hurricane Sandy, I was throwing out cigarettes that were half smoked and was receiving physical violent threats because of it. Well, it's actually like, you know, people will say they're a runner and it's like they maybe they will go on a jog once every couple weeks it's like they're not running marathons that's similar to how carolina said she was a smoker because she never had her own packs and never finished a cigarette she would smoke half of one and be like oh i don't feel good and like throw it out so this is true i'm sick of denying 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 this is true this is a true fact about me 
What when more that do happens, people want from me? <laughs> when that happens, normally, like, that's annoying and we can, like, make fun of you for it. But when it happens during Hurricane Sandy and we've chosen to be staying in my parents' apartment that the lobby was flooded and there was no electricity and we had nowhere to go and there was no bodegas open and we would have to walk through hellish conditions with water up to our knees god knows what's in the water and i was hooking hooking up with my soon-to-be boyfriend in your bed and being like Devin, be normal about it and i didn't have a boyfriend and never had and thought i never would and we're gonna have to trudge through rat water to get more cigarettes when that happens and you're on the balcony and carolina drop takes two drags and drops in slow motion a cigarette we watch it barrel down toward the flood water anyone could have had the last drags of that and many of us were nicotine dependent that was hard i hear you i regret my behavior i will say it was a national emergency and no one right. knew how to behave right i think that's similar to um what FEMA said about um, Hurricane <laughs> Katrina. So that makes sense. Is that the right name of the organization, FEMA? You're talking to someone stupid. Sorry to tell you. All right. Whatever organization that George Bush did a bad job with during add Hurricane us, Katrina. Add us on um, Instagram. <laughs> tell us if it's, is it FEMA or not. All right. There was this little boy from Texas his name was George and he was not a very good president. And some say now they're like, oh, wow, I wish I could have George Bush compared to Trump. Really? Think about that. Think about Think that. about an actual and, war criminal who killed hundreds of thousands of people. And and when you're thinking about that, go on wikipedia.org and figure out what the organization was. Was it FEMA? And let us know. Okay. So what I'm trying to say is I used to smoke cigarettes, this apartment I lived in. And every single day when I went out on the balcony there, and by the way, Beth Jacobs is listening to this, just fucking salivating out over how many humble brags have been contained in this. She'll never forgive me for when I said I was grateful for having a balcony and how that's a humble brag to have a balcony. Yes, I had a balcony in my apartment and I smoked cigarettes on the balcony and every single day I would see the apartment across the way there was one of those rest or boxing mannequin guys like it was like it was like a foam man's body on a spring yes and you like, yes one of those red foam bodies yeah every single day multiple times a day I would see that think it was a man and get startled and then be like oh it's just that guy that is Jesse Palmer that is so true. If that had been Jesse Palmer just standing there in the same position, staring off into the distance, getting punched a few times a day and just bouncing back, I wouldn't be surprised. And in some ways, that's a compliment. So what was the point of this? Oh, we were Jesse talking Palmer about said, how, un, like, how we can't remember his name and how unattractive he is. But that wasn't the point. Thanks for saying that. But that wasn't the point. Um, the point was Jesse Palmer said that this is the most women there's ever been on the the uh, this season of the bachelor and most of the women were coming because they were so interested in joey i was not surprised by that like the world was alight with interest when it was announced that this hot tennis instructor who lived in hawaii was going to be the bachelor who's like always one of those guys who's always tan and you don't really know why though i will say his eyes look a little weird to me sometimes and like when they were like yes Devin thinks he's sick I think he's sick because the whites of his eyes are like a little bit yellow sometimes she thinks his liver's failing his liver is descending into darkness but his heart remains pure, pure. I want you. 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. I also think that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring back Pilot Pete because I think he was one of the worst bachelors. Pilot Pete was like really sexual with the women. Like he would be in like talking to them and he'd be like, what I think you should do is get up on this counter right now for me to kiss you. Like he was <gasps> just like very aggressive. Cut to every time that Joey kisses one of these women, I like trust his instincts and and i don't think maybe he's not the smartest guy in the world because i truly believe him when he's like i think my wife is here mm. i truly think I believe he believes too. that and i truly don't think he's here for like a sponsorship i mean don't get me wrong everyone's here because it'll like lead to like sponsored ads and it's like you're gonna get like constant income for the next five years but yeah i do believe that he has like this kind of fairy tale idea of love. There are some people who I'm really excited about. Daisy, who has the cochlear implant, 
She love. obviously love her. She does seem kind of stupid, but I love the vulnerability. She's very genuine. Very genuine. Uh, Kelsey, who was the one who brought a um, voodoo doll because she's from New Orleans, which I frankly don't mess with. Wait, is that Kelsey A? Yeah. She's She's always been like, Kelsey A, Kelsey A. Oh, I'm going to have to think about Kelsey A. But then, of course, we have the sisters. So sisters joined the season, which I think and I'm just going to say the word is frankly disgusting. It goes back to the species thing, the skewing of lines. It goes, you know, as a scientist, I would say this goes back to the skewing of lines within the species. And my sister and I had a rule growing up, which was we would never if like someone like we we would never kiss the same person. Like we went mm. to the same high school, obviously. And if someone hooked up with someone, it was like, that's that you never touch that person because they've already been like touched by my sister. Gross. Come to find out this certain guy will call him. I kissed once to get my, um, to get this guy that was eventually going to become my boyfriend jealous. And it was the worst kiss of my life. Cut to years later, my sister hooks up with him. I am fine with the fact that she hooks up with him because it's truly like five years after the fact. And, but even then I give her shit because I'm like, you broke our rule. Like, do not hook up with the Mm -hmm. same person. But this is different. Going on a reality dating show with your sister And talking to a guy together about how you're sisters, there's something deeply gross about that to me. It's disgusting. And, you know, speaking of the sponsorships, a lot of people do think that these two came on the show to become like Bachelor in Paradise staples, like those blonde twins were. Or those like like little boy twins who came on. Yeah. And like get a career out of it. But. One moment that made me think otherwise was when the youngest sister got the first rose in the first rose ceremony and the older sister turned around and said, you can fuck off. And then the younger sister immediately started crying. I said, that's a trauma response. The immediacy of the crying, that's something has happened there. There's darkness there. And um, I think, you know, the right, the right sibling stayed i will say um but i don't think either of them is for the long haul well the older sister truly did have something i think we both can identify with which is like i am waiting to see this guy i am now in such a bad mood that i am ready to walk away like yeah you you have built up so much anger that you're like this isn't worth it anymore Yes. I've gotten like I remember I was dating someone who like didn't text me back like for an entire day and I by the time I talked to him I was like I hate you I already yeah. hate you and so she you. is ready to leave the house because she's like I'm just in a bad mood and this mm-hmm. is so stupid and he again is talking to her like you know a hostage crisis negotiator where he's like I can see you're upset okay I'm really sorry if I did anything to upset you like he's very calm cool and collected but um, she's ready to bounce because she had to wait too long to talk to him and I completely understand that you know I also have to mention in episode one 
the well, I don't have anything to say about this, but I guess it's just we have to say that the girl who got the like audience participation award or something. Oh <laughs> my god. She got like a letter and it's like the whole night she's like, I don't know if I should read the letter. And then she reads it and it's like you can steal a one-on-one. And she's like, I'm actually a good person, so I'm gonna burn this letter. And um that was like so much drama that I was like, this just isn't that big of a deal. Like I just do whatever you want. She was crying multiple times and it was, you could tell it was sincere. Like she was like, I'm sorry. I don't know that's happening again. She's like, but- I would never do this to women who've like gone. So it it was honestly like, um, it reminded me of the Joe LaTrulio character in oh, um, Burning Love. Burning who's Love. like, I, dude, I'm away from my son for this. Where she's like, <laughs> women have come so far away from their families to be here. And like, I can't take a one-on-one from them. And I'm not going to play God. <laughs> oh, At one point she's like, I can't God. like play God. And it's like, you know, I don't know that God is residing necessarily <laughs> over the Bachelor Mansion in La Jolla, California. But that uh, who knows i don't know where god reigns and that's something i always say it's like i don't know where god is or where he reigns and that's why i won't swear to him and i don't swear to him and like i don't know merry christmas but let me say by the way speaking of christmas what about the girl that was like i'm like when the girl was like hey joey so my special thing for you is um i grew up on a christmas tree farm so here is a fully decorated christmas tree that represents my family and that made me think of the producers because i'm like imagine most of the girls are like so i would love to like pull up on a bicycle it's like that's like pretty easy or like i would love to have like a shot of tequila that i can hand to him and this girl's like so i would like a fully decorated seven foot tall fur balsam fur with lights and a tree skirt it's like did you really need all that and all these producers are having to put that together but anyway also who grows up on a christmas tree farm that's not taylor swift like (laughs) uh, anyway the other thing i wanted to bring up was how humbling it was as a 31 turning 32 year old watching (laughs) the girl who said that she is 31 years old so this is really hard for her it was really dark and she she doesn't have as much time. She basically inferred like, I don't have as much time on Earth as you guys. <laughs> so it would be nice to get some time with Joey. Like, I am really teetering on the edge Who of the knows grave here. When I will die. It could be soon in this mansion. Can I please get some couch time with Joey? Yeah, like, can I please? And then uh, Maria, is that the other girl? Who... I love who's yeah, like, Marie, I love who's Marie. like she, she's like, I wanted to change it to something more comfortable. And it's like lingerie. And she's like, no, this is actually more comfortable than my outfit. No, it actually is. Like, this is so comfortable. This bra and tight skirt is like actually so comfortable. Um, so she was like, well, I'm old too. So like, I don't really, cause she's 29. She's like, I'm actually really old too. So like, I don't know why she's upset. Cause like, just whatever, like you're supposed to meet your person when you meet no- nothing like being 29 years old to make you think, you know, everything about what other people should be thinking and doing and being like, you know what? You actually only meet someone when you're supposed to meet them. Just FYI. So that was something I loved. Yeah. As a 33 year old turning 34 in a couple of months, it was humbling. But you know what's so funny to me about the Bachelor Mansion too is, okay, so you have a crush in your life right now. Think about yourself before and after you see your crush. So before I can only imagine knowing you, like a lot of work goes into presenting yourself. 1000%. And then maybe post seeing this person, 
and I'm not saying anything about your appearance right now, but I'm <laughs> guessing you're in some sort of wolf sweatshirt. And um, my double maybe- chin is like lightly resting <laughs> on, at, at the top of my uh, sweatshirt. I'm wearing a shirt that today is Sunday that I wore to work on Friday and I just haven't gotten out of it. And hair wash, hair has not been washed on my hair part. Hair has not been not washed. Speak- not speaking for both of us you can speak for both of us and i see these girls when they're resting in the mansion and i'm like as soon as joey would have left the premises and gone to his you know wherever whichever little condo they're keeping him in i would be like unzipping my female suit and getting in to like a shirt with no bra like pajama pants that i got for free on like an airplane once and have not gotten rid of and like probably been like picking at my toenails and yes, I do not see that behavior. And I, I start to wonder, you know, let's bring back Darwin. Am I a member of this species? Is this a different species? Right. Is this because who is she? Who are they? Who are they? I don't care if a camera is around as long as like a guy that I'm trying to sleep with is not around. I literally will look like just like a cr- crazy person who as my mother once delicately put to me sleeps on a bus right yeah it's like i at this age i'm right now in seattle visiting my closest friend and i literally for me you don't have to say stuff like that (laughs) one one of my closest friends she's one of my closest friends and i I like look at this as a vacation from the crush. I'm like having a crush is so intense when I'm in New York. It's like I have to shave my legs every other day. I have to put makeup on. I have to whatever. I literally was like, I'm kind of excited to just like be have a break from that. And um, then immediately have a mental breakdown when he doesn't respond right away. What about if instead of getting into lingerie, if I was like, I need to slip into something more comfortable. And I just came out in like a crop top that showed my belly and like sweatpants. And it was like, oh, I actually better. think that would be incredible. Like, imagine the fan favoritism that would follow that. That's the thing. Like, if either of us was the on The Bachelor, we would become America's sweetheart. And th- they would be like, she's The Bachelorette. And then it would be interesting what follows. But we would become The Bachelorette. I would come out of the limo and I would be like, hey, Joey, I just thought you should know something. And then I would queef and I would go, I can queef on command. And <laughs> I would come out. And America and say, would be like, "That is a girl for us." I would really be the Jessica Simpson of the Bachelorette. I would say, "Hi, Joey. I'm like really anxious right now, and I don't know why. Like something just I don't know. Like I think I have to call my mom. I'm really sorry, but I just don't feel like myself." You would go right back now. into the limo. <laughs> That would be me. I love the girl who was like, hey, do you want to hear something crazy? And she just screamed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start doing that as a party trick. Want to hear something crazy? (gasps) (gasps) Yeah, that's literally what she did. And he was like, "Uh, okay. Yeah, he's like, now that is a wild one. I mean, imagine (laughs) having to react to all that stuff. That would be so... so Also, in the first episode, didn't they say, like, the sun is rising now at one point? And he's like, sorry, it's been a late night. I'm like, this is actually so (laughs) terrifying to me. 
Like it's like fo- there's nothing more terrifying to me than the sun rising because it's like either I had insomnia all night or I was like doing drugs all night and either way like there's no Bad way news, I'm having yeah. a good day. Like today is gone. So to think of the sun coming up in the bachelor mansion and all you've been doing all night is like waiting for five seconds to say you grew up on a Christmas tree farm. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I've stayed up all night watching the OC before and like watch the sunrise. And it was just because I needed to watch the OC. I need a show like that. If anyone has recommendations, I've already watched the OC, but I need like a show I can binge until 6 a.m. Because that really gives me life. 2 a.m. and I'm still and awake when the song is again. That reminds me of Grey's Anatomy. Obviously, when- Grey's Anatomy when that fucking bomb was stuck in that guy's... Tommy. And Coach Taylor was like, all right, just take it out. I know I'm going to die. And she's like, okay. You know, I've masturbated to that scene before. Isn't that funny? That's not funny at all. You shouldn't <laughs> You shouldn't have that reaction to It was all Coach death. Taylor. It was Coach Taylor. Coach Taylor is so hot. I wish he raised us and also skewed the species lines with us. <laughs> <laughs> ah! and on, on that, that note, note, oh, Devin, did we both say that at the same time? We really did. Oh, that's so cute. Um, all right. Well, thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for coming to our show. <laughs> See you next time. Love you, Devin. Love you, Carol. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A. And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.